So what I'm going to do is we're going to take, this is, a, this is a caboose teaching. This is more of a teaching than a preaching. Although the preaching just sometimes just comes out. Um, this is a teaching we're, we're going to start and we can stop it at any time. And so if you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 11... And verse 19, Acts chapter 11, verse 19. And we've been, we've been looking at the community for the last several, several weeks that I've been teaching. And we've been looking at several aspects of the community in Antioch. And we're going to look at one more today. And I, I'm pretty sure now it's definitely a two-part message. Um, but Antioch, remember, they, they had something special going on. And we read in Acts 13 that they fasted and prayed and they were ministering to the Lord. And we talked about worship. We talked about fasting and how those things release things in the kingdom of God. They release things in our lives. And we talked about forms, expressions of worship, not forms, expressions of worship. And here, the fourth one today is we're going to look at is, is the generosity of the community in Antioch. So, Acts eleven nineteen. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the Word of God right now. Holy Spirit, come, open the eyes of our heart to receive truth. Everything that's true, we receive. Anything that's not, we do not receive. In Jesus' name. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. You remember last week, I want to remind you, Brad, Brad shared um, about the grace of God. What, did, what was that? I'm, I'm, I'm vocally tell me. The power of God to do what we need to do. And he talked about that it's the power of his presence comes upon you, that grace is not, grace does cover. Part of what grace does, it says grace, you know, we're, our sins are covered but grace does not just cover, grace empowers. The presence of God there is to, yes, cover the sin, but also to empower us, and we're covered, anointed, to do something, to carry out what God has called us to do. So right here, what happens is, when he arrives, what does he see? He sees the presence of God. He sees the power of God. He sees evidence of the grace of God. So... He was a good man, this is Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. Verse 29. Here's the, here's the verse here. Pay attention if you weren't to the rest. 
The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And so what I want you to get here is that not only out of this community of worship and prayer and fasting, something else came out of the community. And it was giving. They were, they were a generous community. And so what I'm going to do is, I, I've never done this before. I'm going to teach, we're going we're gonna, to, it's going to be a teaching. We're going to teach on giving. We're going to look at what, what does giving mean in the scriptures? What does it really mean for me today as a follower of Jesus? Um, first thing we need to do is summarize the Old Testament. And that could be a huge task. <laughs> okay? The Old Testament talked a lot about what? In terms of money and, and giving. Tithing, correct. The, the main emphasis, not the only emphasis, but the main emphasis in the Old Testament is the tithe. Pastor Gary read the scripture. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, the thing you have to understand is, why does it say that there may be food in my house? What do you think? You have extra to give away? It's because they were tithing food. <laughs> I mean, it's because it's they were tithing food. And so part of the tithe in the Old Testament was because they grew everything. And so they took 10% of their crops and, and they gave it. They tithed it. They gave it unto the Lord. They, they, that was their resource. There wasn't because they were the Israelites were their own whole community. It wasn't just it wasn't just a church group. It was a whole nation. So there was the tithe provided provision not only for, you know, the house of God, but it provided for people that were in need. So it was meant, it, it became something that got turned into a rule and a regulation by some. You know, in the New Testament, in the New Testament, tithing is always looked at in a negative perspective. You're like, what? <laughs> Are you, because Jesus brings it up twice. There's only three mentions of tithing in the New Testament. One is an example of Abraham, and it just shares how Abraham gave to Melchizedek in Hebrews. And what that was showing, all it meant was Jesus is the better sacrifice than anything else. Jesus is superior to anybody else. Had nothing to do with money in that section. The other two times, one is Matthew 23, 23, and that's where Jesus is rebuking the religious people, the Pharisees who were so into religion. And they said... Um, and Jesus says to him, you tithe a tenth of your, your herbs, your, um, what is the three herbs? I can't remember. Common, mint, and something else. Okay, so in other words, what, what Jesus was saying with that was this. They didn't have to do that. They were going above and beyond and Jesus said, that's great that you're doing that, but you're neglecting the more important things, justice and mercy. So in other words, religion drives you just to, to follow something and even like make it look good before God. Hey, God, I'm going beyond. I don't even have to give this. This is beyond the crop I have to give. So I'm going to give it to you. And so Jesus is saying, you better. It'd be better if you didn't bring anything. 
if you don't have justice and mercy and love for your neighbor. You better, you better not give me nothing. The other time that it shows up in the, in the New Testament is when Jesus is telling the illustration of the two guys praying. The Pharisee who prays and says, Oh, I thank you, God, that I'm righteous. I thank you that I'm not like those other sinners. I thank you that I give my tithe. I thank you that I do this stuff. And then the other guy is praying, just doesn't even look up to God. He just says, Have mercy on me, O oh God. I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, only the second one's prayer was heard. And so the, so there's always, there's a negative aspect because what, why is it negative? Is it got turned into a duty. It got turned into an obligation. Rather than something that flowed out of your relationship with God and a generous heart. See, these people, no one had, they didn't even, the leadership didn't even tell them to do this. All that happened was, God spoke through someone and said, this, this is going to happen. And the people were like, we've got to give. We've got to give. We've got to share. We've got to give it away. I've got, I've got extra. I'm going to give it away. And see, see how different that is than, than taking a rule and saying, you have to do this. Just mark it off right now. Bam, it's done. See, that's religion. And I am, I am out to kick the, you know what, out of every religious thing. I, I'm serious. I want to destroy, because we've become, in this country, we, we've been saturated with religion rather than the power and presence and grace of God. We've been saturated with it. Here's a story. This is a true story. It was shared, my dad gave it to me, and it was by Wayne Jacobson, who's an author. Uh, he's a friend of the guy who wrote The Shack. Okay, and so he went to this woman to see this woman in the hospital and she was she was on her deathbed. And she was she was a just a a wonderful believer in Jesus. You you know, there was you know, you wouldn't think anything bad of her. You're thinking, okay, she she was up in years and you'd think maybe she's ready to go home. But when he gets there. She's terrified to die. And get this, here's the reason she was terrified to die. Because when she grew up in church, the leadership said, you have to give. If you don't give, then God's not pleased with you. And she was a single mother. She raised her kids on her own with, without the help of a man. He deserted them. And you know what? There were some times... Well, she didn't give 10%. And so because of this bondage that was laid on her, she was terrified to meet Jesus because she thought he was upset with her. We don't have to give. In fact, the New Testament, that's why I want to kill religion. I hate it. I hated Jesus the only time he hated anything that I saw read Matthew 23 it is all about tearing down religious and legalism and these things that that are bondages that you have to do this you have to do this you better do this if you want to be right with God you better sure do that 
And you know what? he, He was furious. He was in a rage. And the only time he ever yelled at anybody was he yelled at those Pharisees. And he said, Woe to you! And so... I want to I want to hate the same things Jesus hates. And it's it's not supposed to be a bondage. See in the New Testament it's the new covenant. And there's going to be three scriptures we're going to look at that I think just sum up the heart of giving in the New Testament. Okay? And the three scriptures are this, I'll give them to you. Matthew 6:19 through 20. Matthew 6, 19 through 20. We'll start there. So if you want to turn there. Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. And 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Now there's some more we're going to look at. And we'll just... We're going to... It's just going to be a, a, a hard break today. We're just going to stop... See, and my wife is gone. She was like the, the caboose signal, okay? So you're in trouble here. My wife is the, is the signal to say, let's eat. <laughs> Jerry's already got it going. I, I just have to, you know, I love Jerry. And so uh, <laughs> I can wave him off a lot easier than my wife. <laughs> That's why I asked my wife to do that. So um, she got called to the children, I assume. Nobody knows. It wasn't the rapture, was it? <laughs> We're all still here. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> okay. So, let's let's look at Matthew 6, 19 through 20. See, I, I, I told you it was a teaching, but I, I still get preaching Matthew 6, 19 through 20. I think we have this one on the screen. Do we not, sir? It's already there. Guy is amazing. Um, Let's read this one together. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So what this tells me right here, and we're going to look at this verse probably in a couple weeks. Um, next week we're going to look at the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so don't miss it. It's Mother's Day, but it's also Pentecost Sunday. And so we're, the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. And I'm not defining what that means. I just say, God, do whatever you want. The main point of this scripture is, is your heart. The number one point of giving in the New Testament, is not a rule. It's your heart with God. It's the number one rule. And that's what, what it's showing here is where your treasure is, your heart, your heart is where you treasure things. If you treasure something, your heart's going to be there. And so if my treasure is, is in heaven, if my treasure is Jesus, if my treasure is my relationship with Him, then I give. It's natural. It's not a duty. It's not an obligation. It's an invitation to participate in giving. Number two is Matthew 6.33. This is a very very familiar scripture. Um, 
But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We all know that scripture, but did you know that's in the context of provision for your life and in the context of sharing about finances? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then, you know what? Everything else. Say everything. Everything. Everything else will be given to you. So I don't need to worry. So that's why it says, so do not worry about all this other stuff. Don't worry about how you're going to get stuff. Don't worry about how things are going to be provided. If you're seeking first the kingdom of God, not your own kingdom, not something else, not the thing you want to buy. If you're seeking first his kingdom, those things will be given to you as well. And the last one is 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Second Corinthians eight nine. You can t- you can turn there if you'd like because we're going to read some verses around there, maybe. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Okay, and this, this verse is in the context of giving, of finances. And we're going to look at that. Verses 1 through 7 is all about this giving. We may get there. Um, what this tells me right here is that the new example is not the Old Testament tithe. It's the New Testament gift of Jesus. So this is how this is what I was praying about this because let me tell you straight up you don't have to tithe let me just get it out there God does not command you to give 10% of your money away that's religion most pastors don't teach this how are we going to get paid I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. That's, that's I'm se- I got to sell out to that because I cannot depend on someone else. I'm dependent on God, <laughs> and in His kingdom, everything's provided. And so I was taught that, I've lived that, and I know it. This is one. This is one area where I have lived out uh, my finances, and God has really freed me in a lot of stuff. And so that's why I'm. Sh- I want to share some of that with you. You do not have to give 10% of your income away. In the New Testament, it's different. It's not 10%. It's 100%. It was sounding good a second ago, wasn't it? It was sounding real good. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I've been released. I've been wanting to buy something, and I had to give the darn tithe today. <laughs> Where are the ushers, you know? <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> He just said we didn't have to give it, and I, would, I, just, I thought I had to, so I'm going to lunch. <laughs> but see, the New Testament is, see, the Old Testament was law. A lot of, a lot of law, and there's, I'm not going to explain that now. Just, a lot of things were taken that way. I don't think they were even intended that way by God, but that's what it turned into. The New Testament is grace. Grace is empowerment of God's presence to carry out what he wants you to do. So, in the example of Jesus here, we look at these verses. How much did Jesus give? Everything. 
So the New Testament example is now, I don't just give 10% to God. All my resources are His. And so I depend upon Him to say, how do I share my resources? How do I bless others? How do I provide for my family? And it doesn't, and what this does not mean is this. This does not mean we go into the store at Walmart and we go, man, Lord, do you want me to buy Cinnamon Toast Crunch or should I, should I buy something a little bit cheaper? You know, I mean, do you, I don't think that's, you know, God wants you to just go grocery shopping and, and do those things that, that you need to do. Um, and I say that just, you know, sometimes we get things unclear. So I just say that to say 100% just means it's not just the money I give to the church or to a ministry or to someone else that's my giving. It's everything. And see, we sell ourselves short. Um, there is a principle and a truth. If you give 10%, I believe this. If you give, because it's, an, it's a principle that God laid down. If you give 10%, God will bless you. Why is that? John Wesley said, says this. Um, I should have wrote down the quote. After having obtained all I can, and after saving as much as I can, I give as much as I can. In other words, he's asking God, I want to make a lot. I want to save a lot and I want to give a lot. That's how I live my life. It doesn't mean I try to make money. It doesn't mean I'm trying to, you know, get rich, which I'm in the wrong profession, I believe, um, in general. I mean, you know, we could get to mega church or something and, you know, I could travel around and speak and get paid. You know, that, that can happen. Um, it could. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to take everything I have and I'm not going to minimize it. If someone gives me, what that means is if someone's going to bless you, don't try to be holy and, and refuse. Oh, I don't need that. Receive it. And then I say, okay, what do I need to save? Why are you blessing me in advance, God, for something that I may need later? I save it. And then, Lord, what do you want me to give? How do you want me to bless other people? How do you want me to bless the ministries that I'm a part of, that I support, that, that I believe in? How do you want me to do that? And then I give as much as I possibly can. And so that's, see, that's the New Testament view on giving is now your whole life is his. And so it's not, it's not, it's not about giving a 10%. It's not about, it's not about meeting a requirement. It's about a relationship. It's about walking with God and him being in relationship with you. And it just flows out from that. And so there's three questions. Um, that sum up giving. Number one, who's your source? Because you know what? If, if, God, if God is your source, everything else go, goes in order. If He is truly the source. If your job is your source, then you'll receive the reward that that job can give you. If God is your source, then you receive the reward that He will give you. If you yourself, if, this, if your physical or your mental or vocational abilities are your source, you'll live on that. If God is your source, you receive from Him.
Number two, where's your heart? Because if my heart is set on buying a new whatever, fill in the blank. If my heart, you don't, you, you, when your heart is set on something, that means until you, you, you carry that thing out, you can't, you're not settled. You're not at rest. You're not at peace because you've got to have it. So if your heart is in, is my treasure is in heaven, then I am set. My heart is set on treasure in heaven. And until I have it, I am not satisfied or settled. Number three, what's your reward? And in fact, this question is, is, is you know, if your reward is just to, to receive more in this life, you may get that. But Jesus, when God, excuse me, God, the Father, appeared to Abraham, what did he say? Does anybody know? One of the things. He said many things. That's a good question. Great. Um, he said something about a reward. Does anybody remember that in the Old Testament? I am your great reward. So if your reward is more of him, everything else will fall into place. If your reward... You like that? Okay, good. If your reward is something else, oh, they're waving at me now. If your reward is something or something else, you may receive it. I mean, Jesus talks about that in, in the Beatitudes is, you know, hey, you, you fasted and you let people know. And you know what? You've received your reward. That's your reward is people are impressed. Or you gave all this money and, and you do it in front of people for the praise of men and they look at you good. That's your reward. You have it. It's not taken away from you. You've got the reward. They're impressed. They, they cheered you. They, they applauded you. They said, way to go, Jake. You know, wait, you know, wait, you're a great guy. But if your reward is him, because he says, I'm your great reward. There's all kinds of rewards, but I'm, I'm the best one. If that's what your heart's desire is, then it's all going to fall into place. And that's, that's New Testament giving. Two times in our life, God has responded in the same way. One of them was when we were getting ready to go on the road uh, with the Reminder Ministries. He gave us some motor home, and then we were preparing for things, and we wanted to borrow some money. And when we got to, went there to borrow the money, God said, don't do it. And, and we went from there, from the bank to the post office, and there was a check waiting for us in the post office that, that uh, would take care of what we needed to do. And it was exciting. But this, the other one, last week, you know, we've been talking about going to Honduras. And um, so last Thursday, Friday, Marie and I determined that we got to get on, we got to get things going to get this trip to Honduras put together. And we began to pray, and we looked at our checkbook and stuff like that, and, and we found at the bottom of our checkbook there was about $2,000, and with the $600 that we're supposed to get from this incentive thing, whatever it is, what, you know, the government's giving us money from, you know, whatever, whatever that thing's called. Anyway, it's $600. That's $2,600. bucks. It's $1,300 a piece to go to Honduras, approximately. So we said, well, but... You know, what we really need to do is we need to take this money that we have and, and we're going we're gonna to send or we're going to take two of the girls from the mission with us to Honduras. Let's, let's give them the 2600 bucks that we have and let's ask God to take care of us on this trip. 
So Monday, the mail arrives, and in the mail, totally unknown, unsolicited, everything else, $2,700 in a, one check, $2,700. We're going to Honduras. Now, now, those of you who want to go to Honduras with us, you got to get your passports, and that's time to do that is now. We're going to be going the end of August, 1st of September. The date's not actually finalized, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to spend a couple of days at Dedesco, and we're going to spend some other time at Hope House, which is another thing where... Amen. See, that's how it works. This is a great example. That's how it works. See, it's, it's in Jerry and Marie's relationship with the Lord. And you know, it's interesting. Sometimes it happens. This is the thing. The Old Testament was 10%. In the New Testament, it's grace. And you know what? Grace sometimes is like, it's powerful. And so it like goes way past 10%. It keeps going and it's going. And he says, oh, just give it all away. Wait a second, Lord. We're, aren't we going to Honduras too? He says, yes. If you give it all away, you're going. I'll even I'll guarantee it. And so, see, that's that's the kingdom finance. That's that's how the kingdom finances work. Is it? It's all God's, and He tells you what to do with it, and you obey, and all these things are added unto you. That's that's it. I mean, it, it, to put it in a nutshell, um, two things. We, we got, this caboose came way quicker than I even thought. Um, no, okay, number one. Let me just share two quick, a uh, few per, quick practicals on giving. Which is, If you've never given before, you don't have to give 10%. First of all, we're establishing it again. I tell people to start at 10%. This is why. And it doesn't even mean you need to give it to this church or whatever. I'm just saying giving in general. I tell people to generally start at 10%. Why? Because it's a, it's a biblical number. That's the only reason why. Not because you have to. It's just a good start. And again, it's your relationship with the Lord. The Holy Spirit may tell you, Give this much here. And he may just say, you need to just pour it into your neighbor. And that's great because that's, it's not about giving it to a certain church or giving it to a certain ministry. It's because it's, it's done unto the Lord. You're just giving back and, and using to bless. And see, so you get the pictures. If, if, every, all, if the people of God all do this, what happens is you get a community like Antioch. Everyone was provided for there. And then they had provision there and they provided for people outside their community. And just like the example I was sharing in Hernhut in Germany where the revival with Count Zinzendorf happened is everybody was provided for. No one was too rich. No one was too poor. Everyone was provided for because they shared everything. I'm not saying we're not going to communism or whatever. That's not the point. The point is, is that the, if everyone's operating like that, 
then there's no one who's in need. Those who are, who are single mothers who are raising their children who do not have as much as someone else, someone else is raised up to help provide for them. And that's how it's, how it's supposed to work in the kingdom is everyone's cared for. And then it goes, there's an abundance. And because grace abounds into us, we can able to send it out to other communities. We bless the nations. We bless other parts of our nation. We send it to Poland. We send it to, to Mexico. And out of the abundance that we get, we impact the whole entire world just from one community. I believe we can do that. The community of Hernhut impacted the whole entire world. They sent missionaries out. They sent everything out. We're still feeling the impact of them today because they touched my life through learning what happened there. Um. You see, God's never let me just give 10% of my income away, ever. Never. From the time I was 16, when I first got my job. And I've been blessed. Why? Because I gave a certain amount? No, because because I was following the Holy Spirit. Because even in my immaturity, He spoke to me. And see, here's the last point. And I'm glad Dave Ramsey did this a couple weeks ago, I heard. Teach your children. I don't have children yet, but I was a child. I knew how to use money once I had it. All debt is not a part of the kingdom of God. Debt is from the devil. I don't consider investing in a house to be a debt. Everything else, I consider debt. If God wants you to have it, He will provide you the money to pay for it. That's what I believe. I have no debt. I don't intend to take on any other than investing in a home. Ever. It's not a part of the kingdom of God. But, see, I learned, I was taught as a child... And I've shared this example before. We had three cans, and it was pretty regimented. My, if you know my mom, she's pretty, uh, you can relate to Zangina, pretty just, just structured, you know, just, you, just keep it in order here. Um, and so we had three cans. We, we, were, we received an allowance, and we had to do things, we did whatever our parents told us to do. Um, <laughs> Right? I mean, <laughs> that's the way it was in my house anyway. Um, you know, they said, you take out the trash. You know what? We're taking out the trash. <laughs> uh, if not, then we're receiving our reward. <laughs> <laughs> and taking out the trash. So it's better just to take out the trash because you, then you just have to take out the trash and that's it. <laughs> but we had three cans. Okay? Very simple. And it's, and it's good for children. And we had, they were little crystal light cans. The little crystal light deals, and once the crystal light was done, we we cut a hole in the top, and we on the side we'd write the title of what that can was for, and the first one was spending, the second one was savings, and the third one was Jesus. And so, I don't remember how much we got. It wasn't very much. So if we got two dollars a week, we'll say.
do three. It's easier, huh? Is it? Let's do five. <laughs> Let's say it was five dollars. I doubt it was that high. Um, but from the time we, we were little, I mean, we were little kids. I mean, we're, I'm talking five and six years old. And they were, my parents were teaching me how to use money. So there's only a certain amount of money that I have freedom to spend with. And there's a certain amount of money that I needed to save. And there's a certain amount of money, which my mom designated as 10%. I don't know if she was, you know, that was just the good churchy number. So whatever. Uh, the point was I learned to give. And that went in the Jesus can. So if I got $5, it went like this. 50 cents goes in the Jesus can. And my mom was a good saver, so I think we had to put at least a dollar <laughs> in the savings can. Maybe a dollar fifty. <laughs> and then so that means that three dollars was left for me to spend as I was at the store and said I wanted that. And my mom said, Okay, we'll pay for it. Now they there's it wasn't like I had to do that with everything. But it was a principle where I learned that if I didn't have the money, I don't buy it. And if I have money, the first thing I do is set aside where it belongs. If it needs to go belong to the Lord, I give it to the Lord. If it needs to be saved and set aside, then I save and set it aside. And then the rest, I spend. And as, as I grew up, I learned that you know you can't just spend it on whatever you want. Because all that does is get you stuff here. And so I'm going to close this right now because it's time to close. And this, this could go on for a long time. We're going to look at a couple other scriptures in two weeks. Um, so we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 9 and just, just delve in a little bit more into grace-empowered giving and generosity. But the point is, is I hope that what you got today was is if you were under any bondage, that you're free. That you're under no obligation. That you're free to live a life of joy and peace and righteousness in the kingdom of God. And that's what it's about. So, Father, I just thank you for this time. Lord, I just release everyone from any legalism, any bondage, any weight that, do, that does not belong in their lives, Lord, in the area of their finances, in the area of their giving. Lord, I release them from that right now in Jesus' name. And I say, be gone right now. You have no right to haunt them anymore in their hearts, in their minds. Let them be free, Lord. And we just thank you for freedom, Lord. We thank you for the freedom to be generous, that we can be a people who are people of the kingdom, who are people who are so full of the grace of God that our hearts are moved. We're moved to bless. We're moved to give. We're moved to sacrifice our lives for someone else, just as Jesus gave gave up everything. He became poor so that we could have the richness of freedom, of provision, of abundance, of healing, of forgiveness, of salvation, of the Holy Spirit, of power, of life. And we thank You for that, Lord. And we want to do the same thing. We want You to so fill us that our life is so full that we've got to give everything we have away. Whether it's we've given away the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're giving away our testimonies of healing, we're giving away uh, the, our salvation. Lord, we want to pass it on to other people. We want to give it to others. We want to release it to others. And so we thank You for the ability to do that. Grace of God. We thank You for the grace of God. The presence of God. The power of the Holy Spirit. 
to come upon us to carry that out. Lord, we look to you. And we look to your anointing to live our lives with freedom in every area. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. If you need prayer for anything, we encourage you to come and still be prayed for. But go and be a blessing.